Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to the Real People, Real Talk podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in. And here's why you should listen today. This episode is all about helping you to thrive in your walk with the Lord as I continue our series in the book of Philippians. Today, I'm going to be covering chapter four, verses one through nine. So let's get into it. Starting with verse one, Philippians four, verse one. Therefore, my brethren, whom I love and long for, for my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord my beloved, let me remind you once more that Philippians is the book of joy. Although penned from prison, it is still the book of joy. Paul wants the reader of this letter to live in the joy of the Lord. Once again, in prison for doing nothing wrong except for answering God's call on his life. He was actually doing the will of God doing ministry, and sharing the gospel with others. So any person probably would have been mad at that, but he still experienced joy, and he continued to do the will of God. What spiritual maturity? So I want to take a deep dive briefly into the word joy. Joy runs deeper and stronger than mere happiness, as joy is that quiet, confident assurance of God's love and work in our lives, that he would be with us no matter what. On the other hand, contrasting it and comparing it against happiness, happiness depends on what's happening. And in this life, there are ups and there are downs. And sometimes life can be an emotional roller coaster. But joy isn't based on our circumstances, amen? but it's based on our God that changes not. I feel like preaching. See, things may not be going your way today and they may not be going your way in this current chapter and season of your life. And you may not even be happy right now, but guess what? You still can have joy. Joy goes beyond just a smile on your face, but the joy of the Lord is a smile in the depths of your soul that says at the end of the day, it is. Is well with my soul and God is going to work this out for my good and for his glory. As believers, as Christians, we have a profound contentment and serenity on the inside of us, no matter what's going on on the outside. And this joy that I'm talking about, it comes from knowing Christ personally and depending on his strength instead of yours. And let me give you some more Bible. Let me give you some more scriptures about joy. First is Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. This verse informs you and I that joy is a fruit of, of the spirit. And as Christians, we have God's spirit, God's Holy spirit 
residing on the inside of us when we believe, meaning that joy is available and accessible to us at any time, my friend. Now, Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is the fullness of joy at your right hand pleasures forevermore. Oh, that's good right there. In your presence, there is a fullness of joy. If your joy is incomplete or lacking, I want to encourage you to pursue and to tap into the presence of the Lord. In other words, if joy is lacking in your life, why don't you carve out some extra time today to spend with the Lord? Spend that time praying. Spend that time worshiping. Spend that time reading his word because the Bible tells us right here in his presence is the fullness of joy. I dare you to get into the presence of God today, to seek after him, to spend time with him, just being at his feet, being in his face, spending that time loving on him and worshiping him and watch how you can experience the fullness of that joy and watch how God would deposit that joy into your spirit. And also, If joy is lacking in your life, then you should begin to praise God. Begin to brag on him and thank him for his many blessings in your life. And begin to praise God just for who he is. For loving you, protecting you, saving you, for being faithful and being sovereign in your life. And as you begin to open up your mouth and open up your heart and express a praise and a worship and a thanksgiving to God, joy will appear. Just try it. And what I'm saying is biblical. Let me give you some Bible to back it up. Looking at Psalms 511, it says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. And those that love your name may exult in you. All right. And also Psalms 32 and 11 is going to connect it right here. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And as you praise God and you shout it out and you express this thanksgiving, this gratitude, this praise to God, joy will develop. Listen, my friend, you can have joy in this life. Even in this current chapter of your life, even in hardship, you can experience joy as the joy of the Lord. It doesn't come from outside circumstances, but from inward strength. And as Christians, we must not rely on what we have to experience joy, but we rely on Christ within the joy that I'm talking about. The joy of the Lord, not happiness, but the joy of the Lord rises above circumstances and focuses on the very character of God. Still in verse one, let me read it again. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, for my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So moving on from joy and now zooming in on the part where it says to stand firm. That is what Paul is encouraging his readers to do. So let's talk about it. To stand firm means that we keep our eyes on Christ and remember that this world is not our own and that Christ will bring everything under his control. Standing firm means that you're steadfastly 
resisting the negative influences of temptations, of false teachings, and even persecution. Standing firm is what Christ is calling us to do as we bring him glory and as we share him with others. Now, standing firm is going to require some perseverance. When we are challenged or opposed, don't lose heart and don't give up because with the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you, you have been empowered to stand firm. So not only is Paul encouraging you to stand firm, but me, the podcast, Paul, I want to remind you that you have been empowered and enabled to stand firm because you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And that was verse one. All right. So let's move on to verse two and three. I entreat you, Yodia, and I entreat you, Syndicate, to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, to help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, Paul doesn't go into a lot of detail, but he addresses a, the tension between these two women and encourages reconciliation. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but that may be a word for you right now. Who is that person in your life that you need to forgive? Who is that person in your life that you need to stop being petty with? Who is that person in your life that maybe you need to apologize to? Because division has no place in our homes. It has no place in our churches. And it really has no places in our lives. We should do all that we can to live at peace with all. Take that issue. Take that person to the Lord in prayer today. Don't let unforgiveness and division destroy your character or destroy your witness picking up at verse four where it says rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice let your reasonableness be known to everyone the lord is at hand do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What rich words penned by the apostle Paul, as he is urging the Philippians to attitudes of joy to replace that anxiety and rejoice means to feel great joy, to delight for all that God has done in you for you and through you. You should delight in him and experience joy. What about this? Let me give you some food for thought. Spend less time focusing on your problems and spend more time focusing on your God, who is the problem solver. And watch how your joy increases and watch how your anxiety decreases. I notice this in my own life. The more that I focus on my problem, my anxiety skyrockets. It increases. But the more I focus on God and leave my problems at his feet, the more joy that increases in my life. Now, yes, in this life, there are things that we're going to have to address, but we are to do all that we can and then trust God with the parts that we cannot do. The joy that Paul is calling for is not happiness, because as we talked about earlier, that depends on what's happening. That depends on circumstances and circumstances change. 
But Paul is calling for joy, a deep content that's in the Lord based on trusting in his sovereignty, trusting his faithfulness and trusting his will. And if joy is based on God, that means that joy is always available because God is an omnipresent God. He's always there for us and he changes not. All that to say that joy is available to you today, my friend. Now, the second word that I want to look at in those verses is the word reasonableness. And reasonableness is the disposition that seeks what is best for everyone and not just for oneself, thus being selfless. As Christians, we shouldn't be about division, but we should seek peace in order to maintain community in the body of Christ, in our local churches, and in our homes, in our families, in our marriages. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So look at again at verse six. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let's keep it real. Worries and issues will arise from time to time. But Paul is encouraging us to turn our worries into prayers. I've heard it said like this. The more that you worry, that means the less that you pray. But the more that you pray, that means the less that you worry. Paul is actually echoing a sentiment of what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew chapter six. Believers are not to be anxious but we are to entrust ourselves into the hands of a loving and caring father whose peace will guard us in Christ Jesus. This is too good not to read. I want to read an excerpt from the greatest sermon ever by the greatest preacher ever, Jesus Christ himself. And he preached this sermon found in Matthew chapter five, six and seven. And specifically, I want to read for you chapter six, verses twenty five through thirty four. As Jesus warns us against worrying. So allow me to read this to you. To read this over you. As this is the best part of the podcast. Because it's directly the words of the Bible. The words of the Lord. So hear the word of the Lord. And be encouraged. Therefore I tell you. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink. Or about the body. What you will wear. Is not life more than food. And the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They need to sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Or why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans, they run after these things. But your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. Amen and amen to the word of the Lord. Today, my friend, God is calling you to shift your focus on him so you can stop drowning in worry, stop drowning in anxiety, and you can start experiencing the joy and the peace of God. So we talked about joy. Now, let's talk a little bit about peace, which I like to call it as um, joy's other cousin. Peace is the inner tranquility and the poise of the Christian that trusts in the Lord. God is so awesome, y'all, that he can give you a peace that surpasses all circumstances, a peace that surpasses all understanding. In other words, when you can't quite figure it out, God will give an assurance, a calmness and a peace within you while he works it out. Just like joy, peace is a fruit of the spirit. And that means as believers, it's available to us. God's peace is so good, my friend, that it can provide a calm even in the midst of chaos. True peace isn't found in just positive thinking or in the absence of conflict or in feelings. But true peace comes from knowing that God is in control and our citizenship is in Christ's kingdom. And it's secure. Our destiny is set and the victory is already ours. So allow the peace of God to guard you, to guard your heart against anxiety. All in all, my friend, in the midst of worry, in the midst of anxiety, we are to keep praying. We are to keep pursuing God. We are to keep expressing praise and gratitude to God and watch how he will work it all out. This peace that God gives transcends our feelings. It transcends our human intellect and analysis. And before I move on, I have a quote by John MacArthur from his Bible commentary. And it says, fret and worry often indicates a lack of trust in God's wisdom, sovereignty, or power. Delighting in the Lord and meditating on his word are a great antidote to anxiety. Some food for thought. Picking up at verse eight, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. What we put into our minds determines what comes out in our words and our actions. And the Apostle Paul is telling the people to program their minds with thoughts that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Do you have problems with impure thoughts or impure daydreams? Maybe you should examine what you're putting into your mind. Whether it's through television, the internet, social media, books, conversations, whatever. Replace this harmful input with wholesome material. In other words, Paul is warning us against our minds. 
And we got to be careful what we allow into our ear gates or to our eye gates, the things that we listen to, the things that we watch. Above all, I just want to encourage you to read, read God's word, study God's word, obey God's word. I want to encourage you to pray and ask God to help you to focus your mind on what is good and what is pure. Now, this will take practice, but it can be done. Because Paul is encouraging us that we need to think about the things that we are thinking about. And we need to make sure that we are thinking about the right things and that we are dwelling on God and the truths of his word. God will give you a peace, but we are to hold on to that peace. And here's what I mean. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse three. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. As our job is to keep our mind and focus on Jesus and to keep the faith and God will provide the peace and God will provide the joy. Amen. And amen. I have two verses that I want you to consider to be your memory verses for the week. That's verse six and seven. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God who surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we talked a lot today about joy. And I'd like to conclude with one more verse about joy that Paul wrote. And this is also my prayer for you today. So let me read this over you as this is my prayer for you today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And I hope and I pray that this episode has added value to your life. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. Now go be all that God has called you to be and live in joy, live in faith and live in peace.